0: You're listening to the Cornerstone Chapel High School Youth Ministry. Let's head into the service for this week's message. But Colossians chapter 3 is where we're, we're going to begin. All right, we're going we're gonna to look at three different passages, so I'm going to have you flip three different times, so bear with me. We're going to dig into scripture this morning. so good to study God's word to know more about Jesus. Let's step aside from the Christian lingo. Some of the words like great time to fellowship. I know I used the word fellowship already. Such a Christian word, but uh, such a great time to fellowship and dive into God's word. Those are great terms, but let's just hang out, learn about Jesus, and um, grow in our relationships with Jesus. Reading from Colossians chapter three, you guys there? All right, I'm just gonna read the first five verses of Colossians chapter three. We're going to have one common theme, and we're going to be flipping from the New... We're in the New Testament right now, and we're going to flip to the Old Testament and read um, in in 2 Samuel. And it's going to be interesting because we're going to see one common theme throughout the New Testament and the Old Testament. So we're going to flip through both testaments, but we're going to see one common theme. So we're starting here in Colossians chapter 3. Read with me starting in verse 1. Since then you have been raised with Christ... Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Verse 5, listen to this, guys. This is our theme. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. All right, so that's our theme. We're going to emphasize putting something of yourself to death. All right, that's our theme. So we're going to flip now to 2 Samuel chapter 1. 2 Samuel chapter 1 in the Bibles, if you received one, it's going to be on page 222, 222, 2 Samuel chapter 1. So just have that theme in mind, putting to death the earthly nature. Keep that theme in mind as we read from 2 Samuel chapter 1, page 222 in the Black Bibles. 2 Samuel is in the Old Testament. All right, right, Second Samuel chapter 1. I'm going to read this, uh, the first 16 verses. We're going to uh, dig out this story a little bit. 2 Samuel chapter 1, starting in verse 1. After the death of Saul, David returned from defeating the Amalekites and stayed in Ziklag two days. On the third day, a man arrived from Saul's camp with his clothes torn and with dust on his head. That's kind of weird. When he came to David, he fell to the ground to pay him honor. Where have you come from? David asked him. He answered, I've escaped from the Israelite camp. What happened? David asked him. Tell me. He said, "The men fled from the battle. many of them fell and died, and Saul and his son Jonathan are dead." Then David said to the young man, "Who brought him the, who brought him the report, "How do you know that Saul and his son Jonathan are dead?" The man replies, "I happened to be on Mount Goboah, the young man said, and there was Saul leaning on his spear, with the chariots and riders almost upon him. When he turned around and saw me, he called out to me, and I said, "What can I do?" He asked me, "Who are you?" And a Melchite, I answered. Then he said to me, stand over and kill me. I'm in the throes of death, but I'm still alive. So I stood over him and killed him because I knew that after he had fallen, he could not survive. And I took the crown that was on his head and the band on his arm and have brought them here to my Lord, verse 11. Then David and all all the men with him took hold of their clothes and tore them. They mourned and wept and fasted till evening for Saul and his son, Jonathan, and for the army of the Lord and the house of Israel because they had fallen by the sword. David said to the young man who brought him the report, where are you from? I'm the son of an alien and a Melekite," he answered. David asked him, why were you not afraid to lift your hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? Then David called one of his men and said, go strike him down. So he struck him down and he died. For David had said to him, your blood be on your own head. Your own mouth testified against you when you said, I killed the Lord's anointed. Let's pray, guys. And we'll dive in uh, after prayer. Lord, thank you so much for all that you've given us, all that you've done for us. We praise you so much for this morning, Lord, giving us new breath. We thank you that your mercies are new each morning, Lord. We praise you for your son, Jesus. We ask that now would just be a time where we would um, open our eyes to see what you'd have us see, soften our hearts, Lord, open our ears so that we might hear from uh, your word, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. So. There was this husband and wife, and um, this, isn't, this, this isn't my story, this is just what I heard. There's this husband and wife, and the wife asked her husband, um, honey, can you please just describe what I mean to you? And the husband says, well, I, I kinda see you, honey, as A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. She said, what in the world does that mean? He says, well, adorable, beautiful, cute, delightful, elegant, funny, gorgeous, and honest. She said, oh, honey, is that for real? Well, what's the IJK? He says, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and that's, that wasn't, I didn't say that. Uh, that's just for one of my friends' stories. But what would you describe in here from David's feelings because David just got word that the king of Israel and Jonathan, his best friend, are dead. So right now I describe David's feelings as furious. Or he's furious because the king of Israel, David's not king at this time, Saul's king. David's furious because the king of Israel has just been killed and he's, and he's sad. He's completely depressed because his best friend, Jonathan, has just been killed. Saul and Jonathan are father and son. So he looked up to Saul, Saul didn't like David too much because everyone knew David, you know, he was gonna become the next king after Saul, so Saul didn't like David too much. But David and Jonathan were best friends. And so David's still upset that the king of Israel, Saul, has been slain and that uh, his best friend, Jonathan, um, has been killed. Now, how do these two passages that we just read kind of coincide together? Because we just read from 2 Samuel, um, an Amalekite kills Saul. And we just read from Colossians, where Paul says, put to death your earthly nature. I mean, what, what other than, really than, than death do those things have in common? Um, now we'll dive into that question a little bit later as we just study this passage, but the theme of death is relevant in both, um, in both passages. Putting to death your sinful nature, not a literal killing, but we, hit, we see a literal death here in 2 Samuel. So let me set the scene for you guys. We're in ancient Israel, 3,000 years ago roughly, ancient Israel roughly 3,000 years ago. Now Saul is the king of Israel at this time, who we just saw um, was killed. Saul's the king of Israel. His son Jonathan um, was a warrior in Saul's, ar- in Saul's army. So Jonathan's a warrior. His dad, Saul, is king of Israel. And David, he's, he's already been anointed king as the next king of Israel. David has, but he's not a king yet. He's just another warrior. He's just one of the uh, mighty warriors in Saul's army. So later, David's going to become king. But for right now, in this passage, what we're reading, Saul's king. Jonathan is a warrior, and David's a warrior. And so David is fighting the Amalekites at this time, and Saul is fighting the Philistines. So we've got two wars going on. Israel with Saul is fighting the Philistines on Mount Gilboa, and Israel with David is fighting the Amalekites in Ziklag. So two different wars going on. Saul is king. David is a warrior, and um, Saul and Jonathan are both been killed. So we're going to walk through this passage a little bit, and um, read with me in verse 2 of 2 Samuel chapter 1. On the third day, a man arrived from Saul's camp with his clothes torn and with dust on his head. Now, clothes torn and dust on the head is just, a, in those ancient times, a sign of mourning, a sign of just tremendous grief. This Amalekite has just killed Saul, and he takes his takes Saul's jewels his kingly jewels off and presents them to David and he has his tor- his, his clothes torn and his, there's dust on his head kind of weird now nobody would ever do that now but just in those ancient times it was just a sign that you were mourning a sign that someone had died that you were grieving and so um, read with me verse 3 where have you come from David asked him he answered I've escaped from the Israelite camp what happened David asked tell me He said, the men fled from battle, many of them fell and died, and Saul and his son Jonathan are dead. Imagine this, David is hearing for the first time his best friend has just been killed. Put yourselves in David's shoes at this moment. How would you feel if you heard from a stranger that your best friend had just been killed? You would be furious, you'd be sad, you would just be heartbroken, you'd have no idea how this happened and who this guy is that's telling you this news. So David, for the first time, is hearing that his best friend has been killed. And keep reading with me, verse uh, 4 or verse 5. Then David said to the young man who brought him the report, How do you know that Saul and his son Jonathan are dead? I happen to be on Mount Gilboa, the young man asked. And there was Saul leaning on a spear with the chariots and riders almost upon him. When he turned around and saw me, he called out to me and said, what can I do? He asked me, who are you? An Amalekite, I answered. So note that he's an Amalekite. The guy who killed Saul is an Amalekite. Keep that in mind. We'll come back to it. But the guy who killed Saul is an Amalekite, and that's extremely important to today's study. Um, Keep reading with me, uh, verse 9 through 10. Then he said to me, stand over me and kill me. So this is Saul talking to the Amalekite. Stand over me and kill me. I'm in the throes of death, but I'm still alive. So the Amalekite says, I stood over him and I killed him because I knew that after he had fallen, he couldn't survive. And I took the crown that was on his head and the band on his arm and I've brought him, them here to my Lord. So let me summarize this passage. The Philistines are coming upon Saul, an enemy army. Saul says, there's no way I can bear to stand against this Philistine army. I, have, I don't want to... Uh, come across them because if they kill me, they're going to torture me. They're going to do terrible things to me. So he literally takes his spear and he falls on his own spear. Kind of cowardice, it seems. He's in, he's in the middle of battle. He sees the enemy approaching and the Philistine army. And Saul's like, there's no way I'm getting through this alive. I'm going to be killed by the Philistines. And not only killed, they're going to torture me. They're going to do all kinds of things to me. So he literally takes his spear, falls on his own spear, and he doesn't kill himself. Doesn't do the best job at killing himself. And he sees this Amalekite kid standing over on the side of the mountain. And he's like, hey, kid. And he calls him over. The Amalekite kid's like, hey, what can I do for you? Uh, and he's like, well, I need you to uh, finish me off, basically. So the kid's like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, I don't want to be near these Philistine, this Philistine army. They're going to torture me, do all kind of bad things to me. So just finish me off. I don't even want to see the Philistine army. So the Amalekite kid finishes him off, just maybe retakes his spear and just kind of gruesome, just finishes Saul off, and then the Amalekite kid notices that Saul is a king because he's got all these kingly jewels on, so he's like, well, I better take these off, take them to David because he's going to be the next king. So he takes off all of Saul's jewels, his crown, his his, uh, wristbands, and he goes to David, and he presents all these jewels to David, and he says, Saul's dead, your best friend Jonathan's dead, because you're going to be the next king, I just thought I should bring these to you. David is furious, out of his mind, and he's like, weren't you afraid to kill God's anointed? Because God had anointed Saul as king. And the kid's like, not really. And so David was so mad, he actually kills the Amalekite and curses Mount Gilboa. That's the mountain that that Saul was killed on. Read with me in verse 21. David curses the mountain, Uh, verse 21 of chapter 1. O mountains of Gilboa, may you have neither dew nor rain nor fields that yield offerings of grain. This is Mount Gilboa right here, this picture behind me. Isn't that crazy? That whole slope, David curses Mount Gilboa and says, may you have neither dew nor rain nor fields that yield offerings of grain. This is Mount Gilboa today. A whole slope of it, the whole one side, you can see the very top, it has trees and bushes, vegetation. That continues all the way down that slope. This whole slope right here is just dust. There's no vegetation on it. Pretty interesting. David curses that same mountain. And even today, it says that um, the Jewish National Fund, they're trying to vegetate the mountain by planting trees and planting bushes and such to vegetate the mountain because there hasn't been vegetation growing on it uh, for thousands of years. Pretty interesting. David curses this mountain, the very mountain that Saul was killed on. That's what it looks like. And... um, and so Saul has been killed by the Amalekite. And why did I have you note that this guy who killed Saul was an Amalekite? Well, flip with me last time to 1 Samuel chapter 15. It's on page 209 in the Black Bibles. First Samuel chapter 15. Just go to your left a few pages. First Samuel chapter 15, starting in verse 1. All right, guys, this is 15 years earlier from what we just read, about 15 years earlier. Saul's younger, Saul is king. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse one, Samuel said to Saul, I am the one the Lord sent to anoint you, king over his people Israel. So listen now to the message from the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will punish the Amalekites. There's the Amalekites. I will punish the Amalekites for what they did to Israel, when they waylaid them as they came up from Egypt. Now, listen to this, guys. Verse 3. Now, go. This is God commanding Saul. Go attack the Amalekites and totally destroy everything that belongs to them. Jump down to verse 7. Then Saul attacked the Amalekites all the way from Hivala to Shur to the east of Egypt. He took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive, and all his people he totally destroyed with the sword. But Paul and the army spared Agag and the best of the sheep and cattle and the fat calves and lambs, everything that was good. These these, they were unwilling to destroy completely, but everything that was despised and weak, they totally destroyed. All right, so this is 15 years earlier, guys. Now, who did God tell Saul to completely destroy? Anybody? The Amalekites. Who was the very... People group or person that ended up killing Saul. The Amalekites. So ironic that the very people God told Saul to destroy was the very same person who ended up, or the very same person from the same people group who ended up killing Saul himself. Now, this is our theme for today, guys. So, um, you know, Saul gets this command from Samuel, a prophet from the Lord, and he says, I want you to go completely destroy the Amalekites for what they did to your people. Completely destroy them. And what does Saul do? He kind of half obeys. He completely destroys, it says, it's kind of funny in verse, in verse 9, but everything that was despised and weak, they totally destroyed. So they killed all the weaklings, they killed all, you know, they saw all the weak." weak things, the weak animals, the weak cattle, the weak people. They're like, we'll kill them, but the people who look good, the people who look strong, the king, King Agag, we'll keep them. And so they totally destroy only that which looked weak. They didn't completely follow through with God's command to completely destroy the Amalekites. Unfortunately, 15 years later, Saul pays the price because an Amalekite is the very person who then kills Saul himself. And our theme for today, guys, if we're going to tie it back into Colossians chapter 3, Flip back there with me, and this is the last flip I'll ask you guys to do. Colossians chapter 3, on page 876 in the Black Bibles. Colossians chapter 3, we're going to read verse 1 through 5 again, and then some. So Colossians 3, verse 1, if you're not there, it's okay just to listen. Listen. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Verse 5, guys. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. As we see Saul's life, as we read this passage from Colossians, put to death the earthly nature, we read from 2 Samuel, Saul didn't completely destroy the Amalekites, and it was the very thing that came back to destroy him. So our simple theme for today, guys, as we study this passage is learn to completely destroy the earthly nature. Learn to completely destroy that which creeps up into your life, because if you don't learn now to daily put to death the sinful nature, it might be the very thing that comes back later in life to ruin you. You know, for example, just some examples, if you don't learn now, guys, to learn to daily put to death the lust that consumes your mind, it might be the very thing that later comes, you carry that onto marriage, into your marriage, and it might be the very thing that destroys your marriage, that destroys your family. You know, if if you... For all of us, if, if you don't learn now to put to death maybe lying or cheating that consumes your life, that's now out of habit, if you don't learn to daily put to death those things in your life now, it might be the very thing 10 years later to come back and ruin your career, ruin your job. When you, you know, as carry you carry those things on into your career, the, the lying and the cheating, you carry that in onto your job, it might be the very thing that ruins your very career. And it, you know, it seems, premature now we're in high school and we have you know we have some responsibility but we're not completely into the real responsibilities of of families and jobs and careers and bills and you know so it seems maybe it seems premature right now but it's best to learn to start to daily put those things to death now so that later in life just like Saul who didn't completely he just he destroyed some of the Amalekites but not all of them And later in life, it was the very thing that came to kill him. And so we have to learn now to start to daily put to death some of these practices, some of these habits that have consumed our lives for years, that have consumed our thoughts, that have consumed our habits, that have consumed our practices. We must learn to daily put those things to death so that later in life, it's not the very thing that comes back to destroy us. But there's hope, guys, there's hope, and I'm gonna read out of Romans chapter eight. You don't have to turn there with me. But here's the hope, here's the source of your strength. We don't have to do this alone. I know it seems like a daunting task to be able to fight those struggles, to fight those habits, to fight those sinful habits that you've struggled with for years. It might seem so difficult day after day But here's our source of strength, guys. Romans 8.13 says this, For if you live according to your sinful nature, you'll die. Pretty straightforward. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. The Lord gives us our strength. The Lord is our hope. So I challenge you guys today, all of us, have our own struggles, all of us have our own sinful habits that we'd like to put aside that drain us, that exhaust us. Sin is exhausting. The habits of sin, the struggles of sin, it's exhausting, but there's freedom in Jesus. There is freedom and there is strength. And the Holy Spirit is the source of strength, guys. So as we struggle with maybe something that's been in your life for a few years, look to the Spirit because there's freedom in the name of Jesus. Look to the Spirit, it's gonna be a daily task. It's gonna be a daily work. It's not gonna be easy, it's gonna be hard. Life is hard and as we push through the pains of life and as we push through daily in and outs, we have to learn, we have to wake up and decide in our mind, I'm gonna serve the Lord today and yeah, I might screw up and thank the Lord that there's forgiveness but I'm gonna choose in my heart to put to death the things of my sinful nature, to put to death the things of my earthly nature that I struggle with, but I'm not gonna fight this alone because the Holy Spirit lives within me. If you're saved and you've come to know Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit is with you, so look to the Spirit as your source of strength because it's not an easy battle. Saul had a tough task. I don't know if I could do that thousands of years ago saying destroy all those people because they're bad news, they're your enemies. They're only gonna torture your people. Putting to death completely all of the Amalekites would be an extremely tough task, an extremely tough battle. And Saul didn't, unfortunately, he didn't obey.